Welcome to Sidetrack number 12 for Derailed Trains of Thought. Long-time listeners might remember that Sidetracks are kind of our bonus episodes where we do something that doesn't fit in with the regular one. And sometimes they serve as fill-ins for regular episodes, and that's what's going on here. Summer is always a busy time for me and Nick, and in July, we just both happened to go on vacation, but not on corresponding weeks, and so we didn't really wind up having a good time to record the July episode this year, which we apologize for, um, but we didn't want to leave you high and dry, so we thought we'd share some deleted scenes, some cut content from past episodes. Now, to be honest, this doesn't happen very often. You may have noticed in recent episodes have gone a little longer than maybe they should have. But you know what? People are used to are more used to uh, listening to long podcasts than um, I think when we first started out. And plus, we're just a once a month podcast, so hopefully you don't mind getting a little longer one every now and then. So that's one reason why we don't usually have a lot of material on the cutting room floor for these sorts of things. Um, and so this won't be terribly long, but there is one segment that we've been sitting on for quite a while. Back, see, goodness, it would have been beginning of 2020 before the craziness. Uh, episode 106 is when we did our book club review recap of all the books we read in 2019. But there were a couple things we talked about that were not part of the book club. And that episode was just running long, so we cut that out, and uh, now you will finally get to hear those discussions, including a book by uh, Earthsea author Ursula K. Le Guin, which is kind of fitting because we're reading another Earthsea book for our book club right now. But And then the other one is also uh, an audiobook series called Superpowers. It's possible I've mentioned Superpowers on the podcast since we recorded this segment, uh, and if so, I apologize. I, I couldn't remember for sure if we did or where it was, but I think this is a meatier segment than what I talked about superpowers before. So hopefully it's still uh, still something interesting. After that, we'll have a couple cut segments from our recent episode that would have been much more recent, episode 119, particularly in the interwebs section where we explored Zillow Gone Wild. Just a couple. That episode is also way longer than it probably needed to be, but we were having a lot of fun with with that and the, um, the Jerry Maguire Museum, or not Museum, store. You should go check out that episode if you haven't. But anyway, there was just a couple. Of, here's a couple more houses that we reacted to on Zillow Gone Wild uh, that hopefully you'll enjoy. And then finally, just to kind of wrap it up, when Nick and I start recording, we typically have a few minutes at the beginning uh, before we get started to test the microphones. Sometimes some of our conversations about something we just watched recently gets recorded in the process. And so I just thought it might be fun to kind of share some of those little snippets with you, just to share some of the fun that we have before we start recording the episode proper. So those are what's in store in this little sidetrack. So I hope you enjoy these bits and pieces from the cutting room floor. Uh, hopefully our August episode, hopefully we can get that to you timely. We'll Maybe we'll get, be able to get that out before, uh, I don't know, mid-August sometime instead of waiting, making you wait until late August. But we'll see. We're uh, we're still in the midst of summer. I know uh, Nick's, although I know Nick's school schedule, uh, his teaching is coming up pretty soon. But anyway, with all that said, I'll get out of your hair. Enjoy these snippets from the Derailed Trains of Thoughts cutting room floor. One other notable book from this year I wanted to mention was um, I read Always Coming Home by Ursula Le Guin. Mm -hmm. 
which is the best way to describe it is an anthropology of a future tribe in northern, I think, northern California. It basically it's a future history. Okay, it's a history that hasn't happened yet. Oh, okay. Some sort of somewhat unspecified like cataclysm happened in the world, largely environmental. Like half the world is poisoned and stuff. You know. Okay. This is written in early eighties. And the best way to compare the book is in the same way Silmarillion is basically a myth of a fake people. Uh-huh. This is a anthropology of a fake people. But instead of like myths, you get recipes and poetry and plays hmm. and oral histories. So probably inspired by the Silmarillion. But Maybe. I mean, but it's direction. much more down to earth, like in the nitty gritty oh. of – Okay. I mean, it's like – and the main section – there's three main sections of this – lady called stone telling telling her story because she went and lived with with his other militaristic tribe for a while and came back and what she learned and stuff like that that's kind of the those centers of the book but then there's a first chapter of a novel and you know there's just all these sort of artifacts like you would go if you went to an indian tribe and say give me all your oral histories don't you mm-hmm. just re- you know some guy goes in there and records everything Okay. That's basically what it is. Interesting. And it's like 400 pages. <sighs> I mean, it's a t- I mean, it's the creative ability of Ursula Gwen is um, – I mean, she's amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's very good. But it's also a very frustrating book because it's fast. It's frustrating fascinating. That's how I described it because it's a fascinating world. But like the worldview she's pushing sounds good but isn't. Like there's just things she – from a Christian worldview, it's just like – you're frustrated about some of it mm-hmm. because everyone's in peace and, oh, there's no war. And I'm like, but uh, it's not, you know, but there's this, these rhythms and these rituals. and But where do they come from and how people keep doing them? And and then, like, the tribe that's all about military and everything, they have one god. And, you know, they everyone, all the women are kept in, like, indoors and, like, harems and stuff like that. And, ah. and it's And here's the thing. It is not as polemic as i'm making it sound in some ways it is but there's also like compassion for these people who are the bad guys okay but it's like her big thing the symbol of the tribes is this is this unclosed oval like i i I know i can't do visuals on podcasts but it's like unclosed loop okay because a circle is bad in the sense that there needs to be balance but they need to be uneven in the sense that it's almost like a yin-yang sort of deal going down. Okay. But like a circle, then everything's enclosed. Having one thing, it's all about holding two things in your mind at once, not one thing. So like one god is – you know, then everything's just single-minded. Uh. So it's weird because I can completely see if you were kind of a new age sort of person, you could read this book and be completely sold. Like she uses art to explain this worldview very, very well. And it's hard – to find exactly where exactly it's wrong. Like from Chris, you know it is. Yeah. But it's like, it's a very appealing, she makes it very appealing in lots of ways. Hmm. So it's just, it's interesting. Huh. And the thing is though, it is also just a good book. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's like, it's not propaganda or what, you know, it's just, uh-huh. but I read somewhere, there's some people just read like every couple of years, you know, they probably have that sense of, because there's a sense of bad, there's a lot of good things that she agrees with, you know, this sort of, Living with your bounds, not being consumeristic, not you know, mm-hmm. like a lot, a lot of a lot of strong ideas, but there's enough that just feels wrong mm-hmm. that you, that makes you uncomfortable. I finally pinned down some of it, and some of it is that the culture is very. Cons- and again, I can only use it because of 
last couple of years, consent oriented. Like marriages can just, when you stop, you just stop. There's no, you know, you just live together and then you don't. They talk about when kids are born that they, they, they choose to come into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, abortion, there's an abortion in it that just. Wait, the children choose to come into the world? That's the language they use. I mean, all the language is talked about in this sort of like you agreeing to uh, things. So basically man is God. Yeah, except except there is this spiritual – yeah, it's it's an interesting collection of man as God and the spiritual sense. Like It's like she understands that you still need these greater things mm-hmm. to keep outside things – Outside of yourself. Outside of yourself to keep you balanced, but it's not always completely sure how those things came about. Anyways, fascinating book, super frustrating. I would not recommend it to – you have to be this right sort of person to really – I enjoyed reading it partly because it just is a masterful – creation of a world in a very unique way which i find interesting mm-hmm. but it's not it's not everyone's cup of tea okay. by any means all right well i wanted to talk a little bit about and i'll, I'll breeze through this as fast as i can this summer when i did my big road trip mm-hmm. uh, i decided to try audible for the first time yeah. so i've been when i did thrawn i did thrawn as an audiobook recently and the audiobook is a very unique experience i think I mean, the the downside of it is if you really get into a, into a section, you can't just start reading faster. You're yeah. you're limited at the pace that the author reads. But it is nice for people who need to multitask, for people who travel a lot, mm-hmm. and for fast driven lives. I can see why audiobooks have really risen in popularity, and it's just so much easier, and more affordable with uh, current technology. But I got into the series called Superpowered. By Drew Hayes. Um, my sister had recommended it to me. And it's basically, I think I may have mentioned it in the past episode, a superhero college. Uh, each book is a year in that. So mm-hmm. freshman year through senior yeah. year. And this was apparently a web series originally that was later published as books and then later done as audiobooks. And uh, I hadn't thought about that at the time, but it made sense in retrospect, just kind of the way the character interactions work. When I started off, it felt very anime-ish. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you've seen My Hero Academia, some similar ideas. But because they, they capture the college setting really well, and there are different requirements for the superhero world than My Hero Academia has. One of the things I think I found fascinating about it is that he is a really good author in terms of balancing character development and world creation. Like they seem to go hand in hand very well. There's certain there, there's obviously certain key mysteries that felt like they were planned a long way away mm-hmm. that uh, come into culmination in the last book. So that stuff felt very planned. I would be fascinated to know how much of the rest of the day by day by day stuff he was just kind of. Making up. Making up. From, yeah, serializing. Yeah. The fact that it never felt too, like, pre-planned and the, felt, the fact that the character interactions felt very organic, I thought was just a really impressive balancing act. Anytime if you felt like it was going too much into world building and then the next chapter would be a, very, a, a great character kind of stu- study. And I could tell his writing skills grew as the series went on. Like earlier on, I kind of felt like each character, you know, when you write, a lot of your characters have a lot of yourself into it. Yeah. I felt like there were a lot of really overly analytical characters sometimes <laughs> that they dived in situations a little bit too much. But then they felt more and more unique as the series went on. And uh, great character arts, great character growth. Only thing I would caution our conservative listeners, it does tick off just about every content warning that you can come up, come up with. Usually, hand, I mean, it has language, it has violence, because these are superheroes learning how to fight each other yeah. and beating the heck out of each other. 
and there's a couple of steaming scenes, but it never goes full-fledged into the actual full-fledged sex scenes. They always cut away before that sort of thing happens. There's a lot more drinking in this college than in my Christian <laughs> college, but again, as the series goes on, they have less and less time for that sort of thing yeah. because the curriculum just amps up that much and the circumstances amp up. And he's not afraid to drop F-bombs, but it's not like it's every chapter. It's mm-hmm. usually – it's what I call tasteful swearing where yeah. it felt like it served a purpose. So if you're okay with those sorts, sorts of caveats, the narrator for the audiobook series, if you're interested in that, I thought he was excellent. There's one chapter um, in the last book that made my, my tear ducts flow <laughs> a little bit that I may not have if I had just been reading it. I might have just skimmed over it before, but just the way he actually made his voice crack, it seemed like. Really impressive. So nice. So anyway, that's that's super powered. If you're looking for something fun, that's uh, an audiobook series I can recommend. I think. Nice. The interesting thing about the, a lot of these things, not just the fact that they exist, but the fact that can you imagine living in one of yeah. these places? <laughs> okay, so someone did. Like for example, here's one that has a lot of pink, pink in, pink in the kitchen, pink yep. kitchen cabinets, yep, pink, pink everything. Pink tables, pink, pink bathroom, bathroom like wall, accent. A, 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 light, a lighter pink in this case. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a little much for me, but Pink yeah. upho- upholstery. So that one's fairly simple. Yeah. Um, oh, it's like one of those igloo sort of houses. Yeah. So here's here's our next one. It looks okay. kind of Star Wars-y on yeah. the outside, at least from this right, angle. Right, kind of Adobe igloo sort of thing, uh-huh. which I've seen things like this. There's one around... Auburn, I think. Is there kind of these? Maybe. What kind of these domish ones? I don't know. If the, okay, there's. There's kind of nice uh, stone like, work on the inside. Yeah, uh, and a, like very metal spiral staircase. staircase. Metal is in lots of ra- lot railings. When the top is like a weird. What is that? Is that the floor? Like a great floor? I think so. Something like that. I feel like this is almost like something you see in like some sort of puzzle game. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Okay, then they have kids, or I'm assuming kids, with the turtle chair and the weird. Yeah, castle thing is interesting. Some people thought, looking through the comments, some people thought there's no way kids live here because with like those railings look like a kid could just stick their head inside of it. But yeah, nope, there's kids' toys. Okay, that's that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, one of these. Yeah, one of the hexagonal. One, I mean, that's place. the one over by all somewhere around here. Well, this one's in Florida, but still. But I think there's one of these hexagon ones. I've always found these things kind of interesting. It's kind actually. of a hexagon, folks. We mean it's kind of one of these dome-shaped buildings, but they're built it's like with a dodecahedron more. Yeah, I mean total, like a twenty-sided die. That's a house. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Her inside. <laughs> the interesting thing on on the inside, you can see the roof on the hexagons, but most of them just look like it's unfinished yeah. plywood. I've always been. I've always choice. been interested in these sort of houses. I've always thought. I have a memory of my child, like early memory of childhood, looking at one of these. I don't know even know where that was. Do you know the drive-in? What is playing this weekend? Did you see? No. Back to the Future and Jaws. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> I'm like, oh wow. Oh man, if I wasn't going out of town. I know. That's cool. Now, I, I'd like to see them do more old stuff like that. I think they're going to. I know. Strands talk about doing like. Uh, matinees on Saturday playing like just old monster classics. Uh huh. Because Why what not? else are you going to play? Yeah. <laughs> Up until uh, Christopher Nolan's movie comes oh, out. Oh man, that that movie's going to be fun. That looks. That looks. I just. I had a laugh when it had like emphasized in theater. <laughs> no, it's like that's so Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. He's always been pushing the the theatrical experience. Watching Batman, it's very interesting. It, like the the fight between Batman and Bane. There's no music. It's not remotely exaggerated, just people hitting each other. <laughs> Except uh-huh. that's almost why it's so bad. I mean, like, to watch. Because, oh, I mean, brutal. so brutal. Because, like, 
there's no sound effects. There's no nothing. It's just mm. like they just film people fighting. And uh-huh. it's weird, but you don't see that very often without music or extra slices or sped up photography or something. Right. Testing. One, two, three. Testing. Three, two, one, zero. Five, four, three, two, one. Three point one four one five two nine. Do you remember more than that? That's not all I got. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Three point one four five two. Yeah. At one time, I I was really trying to do that for uh, Wallace P. Fitzgerald. You had me like trying to quote that, and that, yeah, all the numbers. I was never super great at it. <laughs> <laughs> I think were... even in the in the final take, I used you were... I stumbled towards like, wait, no, it's that. <laughs> so you were too square. Yeah, I'm too square to do circles. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> what goes around comes around. Okay, ready? Yep, go for it. Okay. 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 So we watched. I don't know why it reminded me, but we watched Cannons versus the Universe, which was pretty great. Oh yes, I'm like this is wonderful. Yep, that was fun. Uh, Belgian and Duvensmertz got along very well. Say what? Belgian and Duvensmertz didn't get along very well. <laughs> Have they yeah. interacted? Uh, the kids and Duvensmertz almost never interacted. Not they? to that level. No, actually, the, the only other time I think of is in the movie, and they yeah. wound up losing their memories about all that. The one, the one, thing the, have, even then, they didn't really spend that much time with adulting. Uh, <laughs> the only other thing I really wanted to see, I really want to see more of Jeremy's larping. <laughs> I'm like I felt like that there was more there. Uh-huh. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. I could totally see that. <laughs> it was fun. They it were, was a lot. They fun. were informed the, <laughs> the 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 meta joke where they were like going through warps. I was the up. Remind me of the caveman episode. <laughs> I was wondering if you'd ever seen that. Yeah, one. <laughs> that was a great episode. <laughs> I did also enjoy. They spent forever doing the like. Wait, when you look at it, it makes that sound, oh, you know, the city, like it made oh, that yeah. sci-fi sound. They just talked about it for like 20 minutes. Do something. Like, oh, yeah, it does. I can't know why it does that. <laughs> See, that's that's them like honing down their shtick to the primal level. No, exactly. <laughs> As long as we don't yell, we should be okay. <laughs> well, as long as you don't bring up Curious George, we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. One of these days when you just read a kid's book on air and make up. Like, I, I, so with Mercy, I've told this before, but I would start reading books, just add lines and stuff, and she gets uh. so mad at me. She's like, <laughs> read it normal. <laughs> now, Serenity loves it when I do that. She yeah. thinks it's the funniest thing ever. <laughs> That was that was me as a kid. Like I remember my aunts complaining that it wasn't fun to read me books because I know, would know the stories yeah. too much or too well. I was like, you already know the story. I tend to be but very no, I still want to hear it. <laughs> so you can't add anything. Exactly. Well, and then it makes sense for Mercy's age, but you want to hear the story. At Serenity's age, she wants to be. She wants to see funny. Mm, you know, sure. she's yeah. She's like, I've been here, done that. Yep, exactly. Reading's not new. Mm. You know, I can play with it. I'm talking a little louder right now because I wanted to <laughs> see what see it how. sounds like. Hello. <laughs> yeah, okay. There's a little bit of Hello Kaiju lovers. <laughs> oh boy. I've had a chance to listen to our episode. It just came out. It came out pretty well. Nice. I was a little worried because I was feeling kind of burnt by the end of it of the actual recording yeah. session. Yeah. But Nathan edited it pretty well, I think. Nice. Good. Yeah, so, I haven't just haven't got to it yet. 
Did we keep some of the ridiculousness in there? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. My favorite part is when you do your beast thing, and I'm like, uh... <laughs> the beast. From 20,000 Fathoms. Nice. Was it the agreement that you would always do the 20,000 Fathoms part? I think it would switch up and back, and who said the beast first. Oh, in the original one? Okay. Yeah. And this one, you just seemed to do it each time, so I was curious. It maybe just ended up that way, but yeah, it was a fun... It was 20,000 Fathoms, which is a fun movie. Nothing earth-shattering, but pretty solid. Cool. Live from... I almost said 20,000 fathoms. <laughs> <laughs>